Hi, I'm Dr. Stephanie Sugar, clinical director and founder of Behavioral Psych Studio in New York. My practice that specializes in DBT and CBT. My team and I believe strongly in the principles espoused by Dr. Marsha Linehan, the founder of DBT, and we started our podcast to let you in on the secret. Enjoy. Allow me to reintroduce myself. It's Avery Jane Carmichael, again, reporting live from the borough of Brooklyn. We are in in it here. Second episode, episode two of House on Fire. Super psyched. Um, I am a social work intern at Behavioral Sake Studio, and I am pleased to punt it over to my fabulous friend, Kristen. My name is Kristen Ortiz. I'm a therapist at Behavioral Psych Studio. My name is Jessica Passman, and I am also a therapist at Behavioral Psych Studio. So what are we talking today? Today, we're going to be talking about some of the interpersonal effectiveness skills from dialectical behavior therapy. We're going to be specifically focusing on the dear man skill, which is used to help us to ask effectively for things that we need or to say no to others. Yeah, this is a set of skills that I really love and one that I definitely need to draw upon a little bit more consistently. A common thread, I was reviewing some emails, at least the ones that I was looking over when researching my pre-DBT skills learnings for this episode. And I use the phrase, no worries if not, with a frequency that, um, I don't know, it just, it concerns me a little bit because I feel like it undercuts the ask. Yeah. And what does that do for your self-respect? One could say it minimizes it pretty significantly. Um, And I guess when I write, no worries if not, I'm sort of hedging. I'm making this assumption that my ask is too great when in fact I know that it's a relatively appropriate one. Like if I go to a sweet green and I order a salad, I often like I'm a little cagey about all the ingredients. I'm like, oh, it's okay if you don't have, it's like, no, this is a salad place. When it's literally like right in front of you, like at sweet green and you can see it. Are you still saying like, oh, but if you don't have enough avocado, that's fine. Even though there's heaps of it. I guess not necessarily at like a sweet green, but a juice press, which I find slightly more intimidating than a sweet green, like on the scale. Yeah, I would agree. I would say that the juice press is more intimidating. Um, And I don't think it's because of the ingredients that you see. I also don't think that me getting into uh, sweet green versus juice press is going to be super effective right now. (laughs) So I did have something else to say. I was wondering when you say Avery, when you say no worries, if not, um, are there no worries? If not all worries, if not, it literally doesn't mean anything. (laughs) Oh, okay. So it's fully meaningless. Like it actually doesn't mean what it says. It's fully meaningless. I am not absent of worries. I have worries that I'm bringing into this. I mean, I guess not for every situation. And for most there's worries associated with the request. Like I want the request granted. I wouldn't fucking ask for it if I didn't want it. Yeah. I think that we all at one time or another have had trouble, you know, asking for something that we need while maintaining our self-respect. There's so many factors that can get in the way of being effective interpersonally. Kristen, if you're taking stock of your own interpersonal effectiveness skills, like what do you think is tough? Mm. Like what are the things that get in the way of Mm. being effective with others? Okay, so if I'm like being real and I'm trying to like 
dig deep on what gets in the way. So like one of the biggest things that gets in the way with me is um, thinking I know, otherwise known as interpretations, assumptions, <laughs> right? I always like to talk about interpretations. Jess is making a face at me because I do talk about them a lot because I have a lot of them and I notice them a lot. So that's one of the biggest things that gets in the way. Like I already know. So it sounds like you're saying that your own thoughts get in the way of being effective. Yeah. My own thoughts get in the way of um, being effective. And also like, I think particularly here, what I'm saying is like, they lead me toward this like righteousness often where I'm not using, um, I'm not being effective because I'm not being like validating enough. I'm not being warm enough. And I'm just like asking for what I want and like kind of aggressively not like an assertion, but like more aggressively. So I either fall on that side or all the way on the other side where it's like the, the whole thing is essentially no worries. If not, it's like, I barely even asked the question because I'm being so timid. And it really depends for me on like, so the first one where I get aggressive, family, friends, loved ones, partners, the other one, any authority. So it sounds like there's also like when you talk about the more timid side, that makes me think of, you know, emotions that can get in the way. Anxiety often gets in the way. And that's where no worries if not comes in. Right. We only say that when we're anxious about something and Mm -hmm. then we're trying to be polite. So. All right. So thoughts get in the way. Right. Jess, like emotions, like you said, like that anxiety, no worries if not. That's such an emotionally driven and a fear driven statement. Right. Um, and I think one of the things that we don't talk about that much, um, is Bruno is Bruno. Yeah. We don't talk about that that much because, well, you know, the prophecies, um, and also Avery, another important point, less important than Bruno, still important, um, is we don't talk about skills deficits. Like we don't talk about not knowing how to be interpersonally effective. So, I mean, if you think about your, your environment that you grew up in and everyone's is different, we all had our challenges. Um, Think about your parents. Did they model effective interpersonal communication? Did they scream at telemarketers? Did they, um, I don't know, did they, did they validate you while asking for something from you? It's these little things that we kind of like, don't recognize because they didn't know because their parents didn't model it either. Right. And so a lot of this can be about like breaking the cycle, right? Because if we can master these skills and model them for others, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Another thing we haven't talked about is that sometimes beliefs get in the way, which sure that's some learned thoughts. Um, but these overarching beliefs, like this is unfair, right? Mm -hmm. I shouldn't need to, I shouldn't need to use Mm. all of these skills to deal with this family member or this person in my life. And Kristen, you always ask a genius question. I think when it comes to troubleshooting these skills, do you know what I'm talking about? (laughs) I'm like racking my brain. I'm like, I said something genius. I said something genius and I can't, I can't make it come to mind. So I've heard you often pose the question to your clients, would you rather be effective or would you rather be right? 
Yeah, no, I, I pose this to my clients a lot. Would you rather be effective or would you rather be right? Um, and it's a real question. It's not just a rhetorical question because I really want to know, would you rather be effective or would you rather be right? Because sometimes being right feels really damn good, right? And oftentimes it's not going to get you where you need to go, right? So like, um, let's say I'm in a class with a professor and they lost my paper that I turned in and they're asking me to turn it in again and kind of like saying like, you didn't turn this in. Is it more effective for me to just upload the paper that I have already written or to argue with um, the professor about whether or not it was my fault or theirs? And nine times out of 10, like my clients say, oh, I'd rather just be effective because I mean, being right is awesome and being effective lasts longer. I think that's really brilliant because we're talking about short-term, long-term as well. Like thinking about what the ramifications of being effective versus leaning into that desire to be right. Um, Yeah, you get that little burst of, ha ha, like I told that professor and um, uploading of the paper, like long-term consequences, what are those? You probably do fine on your paper. Avery, I believe you had a certain request, a certain request that you need to make of others that we might be able to help you with while teaching our dear man skill. Absolutely. So I actually used it relatively recently. Um, Back when Omicron was sort of sweeping the nation, the three of us actually at different times um, got COVID and my dear friends here sent me some fabulous juice, which was another callback to the reference to Juice Press that we made previously, Um, irrelevant to the story and important for me to acknowledge. So anyway, I got COVID and I missed a week of class. And then I had a training that I attended with behavioral tech, which is, you know, DBT oriented. So I was, I mean, DBT full force. So I felt like, yeah, this is an important time for me to miss that week of school. So within one semester, I missed two weeks of school, one because of an illness and the other because of a training. And as a result, um, due to my school's attendance policy, missing two weeks of school would mean that my grade would go down by one whole letter. And that was really disconcerting to me as a student who prizes learning and curiosity. And I had to ask um, for my grade not to be dropped a whole letter grade. Okay. So before we dig into how to do a dear man, I think we should explain the three goals and priorities in interpersonal effectiveness, because we need to be really clear on our priorities in order to know what skills to use. So at any one time, We're generally prioritizing one of these. We've got one in the driver's seat, maybe one in the passenger seat. We cannot prioritize all three generally. They are number one, um, asking for what you want or saying no effectively. Number two, building and maintaining relationships. And number three, maintaining self-respect. So Avery, which one is in first place? Are there any in second or third? I think this one is kind of a full throttle getting what I want from another person with a hint of um, keeping and improving the relationship, mainly because if I went in guns blazing, um, real aggro, I think that that might 
affect my grade even further. Right. Generally, people don't want to help us when we make a really aggressive request. So we need to set this up in a way so that people are going to be inclined to give us what we want or accept our no to their request. So before we get into this further, I want to explain that Dear Man is an acronym that helps us to effectively ask for what we need or to say no to others. And the D-E-A-R are essentially what we need to say. And the M-A-N kind of covers the spirit of how we go about making this request or saying no. So Avery, the first step in Dear Man, the D is describe, right? So the first thing we have to do is just describe the situation. Absolutely. So situation with just the facts, I missed two weeks of school. I missed two weeks of school because I had COVID and because I was in a training. Okay. So those are the facts, right? Those are indisputable, right? I'm not hearing any judgments. I'm not hearing any accusations. Those are the facts. And your professor obviously needs to know those facts in order to get on the same page as you. Kristen, do you want to walk us through the second step in Dear Man? So we've described the situation, Avery. You put all the facts on the table. You're all on the same page. Now you have to say how you feel about it, right? We have to express emotion here. Emotion is really, it's really important in requests and in saying no. Um, Emotion drives behavior and um, it communicates to other people, right? So we want you to label your emotion here. Looking back, I think I was feeling guilt and anxiety. So now that we've clarified the describe and express, it's time for the A in Dear Man, which is assert. This is essentially our ask. So Avery, what are you asking for? Just straight up, what are you asking for? I would like my grade to remain the same. That is super clear, right? If I hear you say that, I know exactly what you're asking for, right? You've got an A in the class. You want to not be penalized for having COVID or doing a professional training. You want to keep that A. That's super clear. Um, We have to go a step further, though. And this is often something I think that a lot of people don't think about um, and sometimes wonder, why do I need to do this? And that's the R, which is reinforce. So we have to explain to others like what's in it for them. Humans are motivated by reinforcement. We have to reward others for for giving us what we want. So what, so what is in it for this professor? This is an, this is an odd one, right? Because you're, you're, it's a professor. So what's in it for them, really? What could possibly be? Is it possible to make the reinforce simply like something like, um, something along the lines of, I really enjoy your class. I want, I've been working hard. I'd love to continue to be, really engaged and obtain a grade that reflects all of the effort I've put into this class, which I've loved kind of thing. I think that's genius. I always tell people when I teach this skill that it's not always like a tit for tat situation, right? It's not always, you know, if you cats it for me while I'm away, then the next time you go on vacation, I'll cats it for you. It's not always so clear cut. And so I tell people, 
if you're at a loss, if you can't think of a reinforcer, just go in with, I would really appreciate it. I'd be really grateful. That's always a fallback. And it's often true, right? If we're asking for something, we would be very grateful if that person gave it to us. I love it. I think that's a great tip. And when I think about Dear Manning and the number of ways in which we can be doing it at different points, I really appreciate it is quite frequently my reinforcer. It's simple and people really like hearing it. So we've gone through Dear right? Which is that formula of how we ask for something. But now we've got to put the man in, right? As I was saying before, the spirit of how we ask for things. So Kristen, why don't you tell us about the man in Dear Man? Okay. So the M in Dear Man is be mindful, right? Be mindful while you're there. And I mean, I feel like this conjures up images of someone trying to be like super Zen during a conversation. And this is not necessarily what we mean. So when I'm saying be mindful, what I'm trying to tell you is the other person may try to take the conversation in a thousand different directions. When I say be mindful, I mean, stay on task, stay on your topic. So if the other person brings up something else, I don't know what it would be in this situation, Avery, like times you weren't paying attention in class, like the professor comes back at you, like, well, you weren't paying attention X, Y, Z times you come back with, okay, I'd really like my grade to remain the same due to these reasons, right? You don't have to engage with that. Often it's something we can come back to later, right? Sometimes we're in a position where we're able to say, you know, I hear you. Can we discuss that at another time? We, we talk about being a broken record. Do you want to say more about that? Yeah, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's coming back to the same thing over and over and over again. And it's a DBT concept. And, you know, I teach it to my clients all the time. Broken record. Come back in with the ask over and over and over again. Don't let yourself be distracted. Remain mindful. And just like Jess said, like, the other person may bring up a really valid point. Let's table it. Okay, we'll come back to that. So that's the M. The A is appear confident. Appear confident. You do not have to be confident. So what does appearing confident look like, right? Um, I, th- I think it depends, right? If you're in person with someone, appearing confident is standing up straight, making eye contact, leaning in instead of leaning away, right? Speaking clearly, Um, those things make you look confident. If it's an email, um, avoiding like a bunch of apologies in there, like that's not going to make you look confident or no worries. If not, that's not going to make you look confident. Right. So funnily enough, Jessica and I were watching euphoria a couple of weeks ago and we are, um, pretty big fans of Maddie. And one of the lines that she said that has stuck with me since then, and I imagine will stick with me ad infinitum is 90% of life is confidence. And the thing about confidence is that no one knows if it's real or not. Appearing confident. No one knows if it's real or not. It's all about what it looks like on the outside. So appear confident. The last piece is negotiate. Go into like whatever your ask is, go in willing to negotiate. Um, And I usually tell my clients, I usually brainstorm with my clients, like what what would you be willing to negotiate to? Like what's on the menu? What, what are you willing to do? Um, 
So have those in your back pocket going into a situation where you're asking someone something, if you can, and really just be receptive to that, the fact that you may have to negotiate and that's going to be the most effective thing. You may not get the full ask and you can get part of it. You might not always get what you want, right? People are not necessarily under an obligation to grant whatever our request is. And when we think about those beliefs, right? And those thoughts and emotions getting in the way, things like this is unfair. I'd rather be right. I shouldn't have to ask, or I've deserved this. This person's wrong. Get in the way. And I often encourage people to think about, and I pose the question, how are you going to feel about yourself if you just go all in on being right? Or if you do a dear man, write it out in advance, rehearse it, and and go in that way. Generally, I think we're going to feel better about ourselves and the way that we've handled ourselves if we lead with dear man. So the thing about dear man's is that it can get pretty overwhelming in the in the moment, right? Emotions can take over. So what we always recommend to clients is to write out your dear man ahead of time and rehearse asking for it. It's going to set you up for the most success. If you can ahead of time, and again, one thing I actually want to add right here is dear man, D-E-A-R, that's four sentences. Your dear man does not need to be longer than four sentences. Keep it short and sweet. We don't want to inundate the other person with more information that they need, right? Because we want to keep this on track. So again, as I was saying, great idea to have this in your phone. I think there's absolutely no shame in having some notes in front of you when you're having a difficult conversation with somebody. Absolutely. And I think with as with all skills, we really want to start in a low level, more neutral first round. So we don't necessarily want to choose the biggest objective with the most difficult and important person in your life. Um, trying Dear Man with my professor had some high stakes and it wasn't like talking to, I don't know, my mom. So feel free to write that script down first, practice it aloud uh, to yourself or to another trusted person and off to the races. So let's think about homework action plan for until we release another episode. Is there something you need to ask for? Is there something you need to say no to? Maybe run through Dear Man. Avery, are you posting Dear Man on the Instagram? Sure will. Awesome. Take a look at that. Write out a script. Try it. And let us know how it goes. For more information on House on Fire, head to our Instagram page at House on Fire Pod. Shoot us a DM. For more information on Behavioral Psych Studio, check out behavioralpsychstudio.com. Check out our show notes in the podcast description for further reading materials.